And he told me something that really stuck with me. He's like, Chris, like the same way I took an opportunity to help you and mentor you out of my spare time is the same way someone else did the same for me. Um, and he just left me with just one note. And for me, he, he said it very, very simply. I'd like to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Get Up Podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode I have Christopher Hall to about mentoring, flying planes, and how to find a major. I'd like to give a content warning for anyone that we an episode, and hope you have a nice day and enjoy the show. So, I want to first welcome you to the podcast and then allow you to introduce yourself to the audience. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ezekiel, for having me. So, hey, everyone, my name is Chris. Um, I'm a current alum from Baruch College. I graduated in December of 2019, um, you know, majored in finance, minored in math and communications. And I've just been really, really passionate about, you know, helping others and, and mentoring others in my community. Um, currently, I work at the Boeing Company as a contract specialist. And I am, you know, just really passionate about aviation um, and just passionate about serving in, in, in any way I can. Um, so, so, so that's a little bit about me in, in a nutshell. Uh, really love to interact with people, meet individuals to help people like become their best version of themselves and just help others, you know, lift themselves up as they climb, things of that nature. So that's, that's, that's something that I'm very passionate about. Thanks. Thanks. I remember you a little bit from Baruch. We didn't interact too much, but I remember your face <laughs> popping up here and there. Yep, yep, yep. I, I remember you too, Ezekiel, um, especially while going through the gaming room or, you know, passing by USG or or, or going into the WBMB college radio station. Those, those were definitely the times. Yes. Good old days. So did you get like a pilot lessons? I think I remember you getting something like that or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so great question. Um, I've personally had the chance to take off um, an airplane such as like a Diamond Star DA-40 and a Piper Warrior um, a couple of times, I would say maybe about seven times and fly them in the air. And I have hours in my logbook. Um, I've taken the written part of the private pilot examination um, I guess test, like I've completed ground school, but I haven't actually finished like the flying portion of it. And I didn't do my solo yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that, that cost a bit of money. <laughs> it's, it's about like 10 to 15 G's and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm willing to invest in that, but, uh, just not yet. Just yeah. Not I guess yet. you. Yeah. I was like seven times, seven times more than me. I'm just like, mm, I stay over here, <laughs> stay down here. I, I feel you, man. I feel you for sure. Have you have you been doing any traveling recently, or you've just been staying local in NYC? Uh, just Texas is like the furthest I've been to. Got you, got for you June, okay. for JuneCon. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's what's up. Yeah, I feel like the um, 
the furthest I've ever been to was France, but it's because I have family members in France. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was actually me going to France in 2014 when I was 17 years old. That's that's what sparked my interest in aviation in the first place. And and that's when I knew I wanted to get involved in the aerospace industry. So yeah. God. Yeah. Boeing, finance, math, communication. So why like so like why finance? Honestly, <laughs> um I would have to say um originally when I was in high school and I wanted you know, when I was in high school transitioning into college, I wanted to do engineering. Um, but I had like really, you know, close mentors and just teachers who ended up getting their engineering degree, like for their undergrad. And they either ended up getting like their MBA or their law degree for like their master's or graduate program. And they were like, hey, Christopher, like you should, you should totally just go for like the business certification side of things, because um, eventually, you know, you will basically they were alluding to and they were saying, like, you would get like much more credibility and respect, like working in corporate and things of that nature. And I figured with like my love for math and me wanting to learn more about like economics and business. I I said, you know what, like, let me try it out. But if I were to redo college again, I would, (laughs) I would either get my bachelor's in engineering. So like maybe aerospace engineering or industrial engineering, or I would get a dual major in like economics and math Mm -hmm. or, or something, or something like that. I really enjoyed econ a lot. Um, but in in all honesty, I would have to say I even though I majored in finance, I'm I'm really not a big finance you know corporate guy who like wants to work on Wall Street or, or things of that nature. Nothing against Wall Street, um, but I've just always seen myself more surrounded by you know, working with individuals, just working with clients in general. So, so things more so like sales strategy, business development. Um, and I've always been passionate about just helping others, serving others, like ever since I was young. Um, I just feel like that's just my background and my upbringing. Um, so, so, so yeah, if I were to redo it again, definitely wouldn't do finance for sure. Got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm not finance for myself. Marketing over oh, here. Oh wow! Yeah, are, are are you doing marketing now? Uh, technically, I'm in media. So okay, I, cool. I won. <laughs> I there won we the, go. I did the game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Yeah, media. Media is definitely a very, very interesting space. Um, I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people from Baruch actually that you know yeah. they studied finance and accounting and they transitioned into media. Doing a lot of cool stuff. Definitely. And go might like to jump around. So go back to like um airplanes. I remember like TikTok, see like two times student pilots had like pilot without the front wheel or something or wheel fall off. I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> nah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean to be honest with you, that 
That is that is definitely right. I'm I'm pretty sure for anyone, like no matter how experienced you are, that is not a comfortable situation, for sure. Um, it's I've I remember vividly like seeing a lot of those documentaries, just seeing how in the world can like pilots navigate through that. Um, and it's and it's very very intriguing to see. There's there's so many things that goes into aviation with like a bunch of checklists, you know, you need to learn how to like balance out the airplane in regards to like the fuel, things of that nature. Like a lot of people don't know this, but like when you take off, when an airplane takes off, naturally it's filled with fuel, especially mm -hmm. like a, like a commercial airplane flight. Right. So like, let's say if you were going to like New York to LA or something like that. So it's like, if you take off, and there's a problem right after takeoff. It's like the airplane needs to dump a bunch of fuel. So there's 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 so many complexities when it comes to like airplanes. So you were mentioning like the wheels, right? Um, if the front wheel is broken, then you only have like the rear wheels like next to the wings of the aircraft. Uh, it's it's definitely like a balanced dynamic, but you know pilots pilots are, are are trained in that they have like over 1500 to 2000 hours and those are the most basic entry level pilots so um you know usually most of the time when you fly you're 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 in pretty good hands it's very safe <laughs> hope so it was a tiktok trend about um asking guys i think um in a plane in an emergency a lot of people say yeah i mean emergency <laughs> i'm gonna do whatever i need to do just hopefully i will never be there but yeah 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 of course absolutely i mean it's definitely landing a plane is is i i would say in my opinion it's the hardest part i think i think anyone can take off an airplane anyone can yeah just go straight and then just pull yeah, yeah exactly it's like it's like you know push the engine levers all the way up to max thrust wait until like the takeoff speed is at like V1, which is the required speed to take off, and you just pull back on your yoke, right? Um, but with landing, it's it's just a lot more complex. You know, it's it's a lot more complex. Uh, there's just so many things involved. So so yeah, um, flying is an art. Mm -hmm. it, it really, really is for sure. And um, just like anything, you know, the more practice you you know, you do like the more takeoffs and landings you do, you know, the better you get at it. So, yeah. Got it. And engineering. I thought about doing engineering, but when I got to Baruch, I was like, I'm going to do, I should have made it two times. So it finally I, landed on marketing. Did, did I feel you, man? Um, honestly, I don't think maybe, maybe it might be different now, but I know like, back when we went to college, what, in 2015, right? Like, Baruch was never really known for its engineering. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, you have, like, CIS. Yeah. But there wasn't, like, a lot of people who ended up going into, like, Apple, Google, Microsoft, et cetera, for computer programming or engineering, software engineering. But now, like, times have definitely changed in that regards. Um, I don't think I told anyone this, but... I was this close to failing finance. Like I like in, in Zicklin, you need to have a threshold 
where I think you need like at least a 2.3 or a 2.7 GPA minimum to like withhold your finance degree and actually graduate with a bachelor's in business administration. And I was this close to changing my major to corporate communications. I was this close, man. <laughs> but I'm I'm very, very grateful. You know, it all worked out. Um, and, um, you know, it, it really just goes to show like, you know, if something is 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 truly very difficult, just just stick it out to the end, like ask questions, reach out to people, you know, utilize your network, practice, practice, practice. Um, it's it's hard. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Like I was in the library every single day, but it was worth it. Yeah, yeah I got zero my program in midterms, maybe go to marketing. So, you know, Bendy had done that. Yeah, yeah, I I feel you. Um, what were your what were your prior majors before? Uh, it was accounting, which was never gonna work, and then it was <laughs> CIS. Got you. And I got, got that zero in that midterm, and I was like, definitely not for me, at least at this moment. I feel you, man. I I feel you a hundred percent. I remember I remember taking a computer programming course, and legitimately, there were a couple of times a week. That I was up until two, three, four a.m. in the morning, and like the code wouldn't work, and it was it was it was dreadful. I, I remember that. I don't think, I don't think I got over like a seventy-six on a midterm, and I was I was devastated. <laughs> I don't know why I was devastated, but I was. I, I think it was because of the amount of hard work I put into it, and I saw like, um, it. It, it really didn't go anywhere, but, but I feel you definitely when it came, when it comes to accounting, man, um, I took accounting 2101 and I was like, nope, <laughs> you know, um, I've, I've, I've a good friend, Zachary, you, you ended up mentoring, um, not mentoring him. You ended up having him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I vividly remembered, I was, I was talking with him. This was like, freshman or sophomore year I'm like accounting is not it <laughs> and 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 he ended up telling me he's like the same but I'm gonna stick it through so <laughs> you know um it's it's not for everyone for sure no but to switch topics again so you keep mentioning like helping people so what does helping people mean to you it means a lot of things um I guess I guess to start off, for me, I don't consider, I feel like people have different different definitions of helping people. For me, I see it as adding value to someone's life or helping to assist them in regards to just helping one reach their goal. But on a deeper level, for me, I consider helping others to be a personal obligation. Um, personally, I was raised by a single mom, you know, she worked hard as a housekeeper, you know, she was, you know, she's an immigrant from the Caribbean, didn't graduate high school, didn't go to college. So for me, like seeing my mom work so hard, and just have a smile on her face, and always just be so positive, optimistic, and driven not only to do the work that she did, but to help others selflessly and and to serve others ever since young like i i i just saw how she 
helped give back. Mm-hmm. And um, and for me, it was just like that was the recurring pattern in my life. Like I I had like a longtime mentor, like March, March of next year would be 20 years that I've known him. As as I mentioned to you briefly, like I struggled with ADD and ADHD and dyslexia. Like I was super bad at concentration. I was hyperactive. Like after 30 to 45 minutes, I did not want to learn. I wanted to like go up and like play video games, go to the park, like be on my scooter, be on my bike, whatever the case was. And um, I remember vividly, like my mom was not able to afford him at the rate that he would usually charge the clients for. And um, he would always take the time to like, just go above and beyond to just help me. So like, let's say if he was only set to tutor me for like an hour and maybe for like an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes, or he would just take the time to ensure that I actually understood something instead of just taking my mom's money. It wasn't transactional. Like you could see the passion and the love and just the care he put into teaching. So just being raised by that in a way, like having him as a mentor and almost really in a way a fatherly figure in my life and just going through like elementary school, middle, junior, high school, um, college, et cetera. And just having him, you know, just as a support system whenever I needed it, that that just really instilled in me like the value of giving back. So like for me, I consider giving back to be an obligation because I didn't have much, you know, financially, I didn't have like the fanciest things growing up as a kid, but I've always had people that went out of their way to help me, to help my mom and I. So like, you know, um, so, 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 so that's something very, very personal for me. And um, in 2017, when I was a junior in college, um, I met a really good mentor of mine. His name is Christopher also. Um, and, um, you know, he he works at an investment bank. He was working over 70 plus hours a week. And he still, you know, he told me, he was like, Chris, like, I want you to dress up in a suit and tie and come to my office and like, I'll show you how to network. And the thing with him was, he didn't want to just like give me a job or give me an opportunity to interview. He wanted to show me from square one, like just like step one, how to connect, how to network with people, how to shake people's hands, you know, how to interact with others. So I was a really shy, reserved kid. I was, I was super timid. Like I didn't talk to anyone. And, um, slowly but surely over the past two, two and a half months, I was able to learn from him, get outside of my comfort zone. I would see him maybe like twice a week. And um, he would give me like strategies and tips that I could use. And I just kept on trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And I kept on applying to places, getting rejected, learning or applying, getting opportunities to interview, 
then getting rejected, then learning from my mistakes. And I kept on just repeating the same process. Like my mindset, my mentality was, hey, when someone tells me no, I say next until I find my yes. That was that was what was inside of my heart. And um, I knew deep down that like Boeing was the company that I was really passionate about. And um, it ended up coming down to two companies, um, like out of maybe 50 companies that I applied to, I got, you know, opportunities to interview for maybe about 15 of them, one five. And I was extended offers by two companies, you know, Morgan Stanley and Boeing. And I chose Boeing. And um, and it was super hard because <laughs> my mentor works for Morgan Stanley. So so to tell him like, hey, like I actually turned down the company that you work for was 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 a little bit awkward, but he was someone that was so fortunate and understanding. And um, you know, he's African American, just like I am. And he told me something that really stuck with me. He's like, Chris, like the same way. I took an opportunity to help you and mentor you out of my spare time is the same way someone else did the same for me. Um, and he just left me with just one note. And for me, he, he said it very, very simply. He almost said it in passing, but it was, but I, I took it very much so to heart and it was pay it forward, like serve others, give to others. And um, he told me that in November of 2017, and I just made it my mission to do that. And um, from that present, from that time up until the present moment, um, I'm grateful enough to have mentored like over 700 plus people. You know, um, I was able to help reach out to like 11,000 plus people through YouTube, through my content. And um, I, I I feel like this is really just the beginning. So, and, and it's, and it's all through something simple, such as paying it forward. And I would have never expected in my wildest dreams that like, I would have helped 700 people. Like, so for, for, for that to even occur is just like mind boggling to me. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Your numbers are better than mine. I've been taking a little break from helping, but every time, every um here right now, somebody asks a question, I always try to help. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, and 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 I would say too, it's it's really not about the numbers. Like like the numbers come. Yeah. It's it's more about the impact, right? Um, and uh, I I really really do think like the reason why I was able to help so many people was because. In in my heart, like I just had the intention of helping others and just adding value, and and that was basically it. Like especially during the times of COVID, um, like in twenty twenty, like even during the times prior as well, because you know a lot of college students, like a lot of us, like we stress about you know internships, full times, etc. Like you know we want to help our families, we want to give back, we want to start our careers, we don't want to be a burden to like the family members who've taken care of us for such a long time. So it's, um, you know, you know, to be able to help people with their livelihoods is, 
to me, it's a very, very special feeling. Definitely. Yeah. So what does it mean to be a, like, what is your mentoring style? That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great question. The only reason why I say that, because I, I, I feel like I tailor my mentor, my mentorship style towards um, every individual, like not, not everyone is the same naturally. Um, but also the way people learn is different. What I love to do is I love to first start off by genuinely understanding what is that person's why? What is what is that individual's core value? What are they passionate about? What are they intrigued by? Why do they want to like apply to a specific role or a company? And um, based on that, I help people then like cultivate a game plan in regards to like number one, what is their goal? And number two, do they think their goal is even attainable? Because I feel like in order for you to help someone, you need to tap into their mindset, right? So it's like mentorship isn't just like me looking at someone's resume, giving someone a mock interview and saying like, okay, like you're good. Oh, oh we have like 10 minutes left. Yeah. Like slightly under 10. <laughs> so um, what I usually like to do is, is I just love to tailor it towards um you know helping others really discover their why and after just take it from there um i i think i think that's super crucial and that's that's what i love to do if it goes out we could always come back to the same link but um seeing with the conversation i mean definitely i'm more not like i have a style because that's my i'm more of a laid back so that's more of my style so like i don't fit for everybody which is reasonable and understandable so Absolutely. i'm never i'm never mad if i'm not a perfect fit for somebody because exactly i mean i mean hey you know I, I i always tell people like it's always best to show up like as like the authentic like utmost version of you like i would say for me i'm someone that's you know much more on like the personable side i'm sorry that was my phone um, I'm someone that's like much more on like the professional side and the personable side, uh, more so leaning towards like professional, like a lot of people are like Chris, like you're very, very stoic, you're very professional. But I feel like once people get to actually understand my mentorship style and just who I am as a person, they get to see like, okay, like, wow, like this person is very personable in their approach as to how they mentor. So that is that is the theme that I get a lot. Yeah, I'm not too professional. I'm just like, nah, we just start work. Lay back. Chill vibes only. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, hey, man, that's 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 so important. Mm -hmm. That's so important for sure. And to go back to piloting again, you said two plane types. Can you describe them? Because I have no idea. You just said some words to me at that point. <laughs> yeah, so um, there, there were actually three planes. Mm -hmm. Um... I mentioned two prior. So there's the Piper Warrior, the Piper Cherokee, and a Diamond Star DA-40. Those are all one-engine aircrafts, so one-engine propeller aircrafts. Um, the engine is at the nose of the airplane. It's at the very front. 
Um, I would say the Diamond Star is a lot fancier. Like it has a glass going all the way up from the nose to like the midsection of the airplane. So it's like you're able to see more outside. Um, so it's so it's much more of a newer modern aircraft. Um, Piper Warriors and Piper Cherokees are more old school type aircrafts. They they come out like in the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, and after um, some companies and, and some people like to restore like the cock, you know, the cockpit, um, add some like modern displays to it and, and just avionics and, and things of that nature. I would say the main difference is both Pipers, so both the Piper Cherokee and the Piper Warrior uses a yoke to take off. Um and the diamond and the diamond star uses um I'm not sure if this is the correct terminology, but it's almost like a joystick. So it's like you use a stick to actually take off and and the stick is in the middle of your seat, right? Um so I I I personally prefer the yoke uh to take off. I think you have more control and it, it it feels a lot more cooler. It feels like a, a steering wheel almost in a way, sort of. Um, but I, I would say in regards to like, just like the modern look, you know, the, the, the Diamond Star definitely has it. For me, ideally, I would say my goal is I want to naturally get my private pilot's license um to start flying a one engine aircraft and i would fly vfr which is visual flight rules and that's usually under the clouds and that also means i wouldn't be able to really fly on like a foggy or cloudy day um and afterwards i would want to get my uh multi-engine flight rating to fly two engine aircrafts and to fly IFR. So IFR just means flying with just your instruments only. So in when you're actually in flight school, they'll actually blind, um, they'll they'll actually like block your sight. And you just have to rely on your instruments only to take off an airplane, you know, get to a certain altitude and turn and things of that nature. So you know, that's 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 something that I would love to do. Ideally, I would love to be able to fly like a two engine jet. You know, that's the dream. So got it. Definitely you will do that. I believe <laughs> that that you, not me, you. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I mean, I mean, hey, Ezekiel, I'll, I'll definitely invite you to fly, man. I'm, I, you know, you you have to take it off at least <laughs> once. I'm, I'm going to let you take off the jet. <laughs> like so. I would have my parachute, not not dismissing your skills. Anything like that, but just never know. <laughs> there we go. Yep. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, for sure, for sure. I mean, um, you know, a lot of these aircrafts are, are definitely safe for sure. So mm -hmm. yeah. Uh we just finished off talking about your goals of flying two engines and then not just on the cloud, but above the clouds and without the with just your instruments. Yep. 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 Uh, you know, that's that I would say that's that's a really big goal of mine. Um, at one point, I honestly wanted to become uh, a personal or, or not a personal, but a commercial pilot. Um, but 
I was I was thinking about it and I'm like, huh, do I really want to feel jet lagged and just have like weird sleep schedules and just be almost like dependent on the schedule of an airline and just be subject to delays? You know, I told myself it would be really lucrative, but um, Mm -hmm. at least in regards to experiences and traveling. um, But I, I don't see it like necessarily being for me per se. Oh, this is a mosquito near me, so that's oh. why I'm jumping. Oh, 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 no, 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 no worries. I, I saw you dodging a little bit. I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's definitely, I remember one time, the second time was on a plane, I seen the pilot, and he was, like, tall and in shape. I was like, ah, we are good. We are in great hands. <laughs> yep, 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 for sure. I mean, I mean, pilots are, pilots are, are usually, like, just super, super serious about about what they do. And they have to be just in regards to sleep schedule, um, you know, in regards to training, pilots are, are continuously going through so much training, um, right? Like, right, like through an airline, through just like certification boards, through, through, through a wide array of things. And um, a lot of people actually don't know that, um, in order for you to be a pilot, it's like you need to go through through like so much, um, like just in regards to hoops, um, like like one one rule I believe, and I hope I'm not butchering this. You cannot drink alcohol eight hours before you fly, even if it's a beer, literally, and um, that's that's how strict they are. Um, Another thing too is in order for you to be current, you need to fly, I believe, for like a minimum, and and I'm pretty sure I'm butchering this, but um, I think it's like you need to plot, you need to fly for a minimum of two hours once every thirty days, right? So there's 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 a lot of things that you need to do in order to remain current, because the thing about aviation is that there's a lot of checklists in place but there's like very very few like margins of error right you know if if there is an aviation accident it's a lot more catastrophic than someone just you know hitting your bumper in a very minor way right if you're in a car so 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 there's a lot that goes into it for sure yeah so when you're in the air, how do you know where you at? Because I would look at the land, it just like land. I'm just like there's no <laughs> buildings and no tree signs. Yeah. So 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 usually you 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 have like um you have GPS, you you have um automation inside of the aircraft, and you have like your longitude and latitude. Uh sorry if you hear an alarm <laughs> in the background. <laughs> this type of noise. Yeah. Um but 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 yeah, you you have your longitude and your latitude units, um, and also you are in contact with like air traffic control very often. So it's like for, you know, for example, like if you're going from like New York to Georgia, right? Every I don't know every couple of minutes or a couple of hours, you need to contact like a certain city's air airspace to like let them know that you are passing through. So like, for example, you know, you would like do a call such as, um, you know, you know, good afternoon, 
Diamond Star, DA40, Delta Sierra, um, like passing through Charlotte's North Carolina at flight level 230, which is 23,000 feet, um, you know, bound for Atlanta, Georgia, or something like that. So it's like you are you are always like ensuring that, you know, people know that you are at that airspace. There's also like a GPS that like notifies you of other aircrafts that are at certain airspaces. And also air traffic control notifies you and says like, oh, there is like an airplane that will fly above you, like in like 10 minutes or or something like that. So it's like, you're always notified. You're always on the alert. And that's so important. So, so yeah, it's, it's a combination of communication alongside with GPS. Got it. And before that, they would just know, they were just like, we on the map, like, we look like we're here. <laughs> like this, this water. Yeah, so be. Uh, honestly, like a part of me really does wish like I learned how to be a pilot, like, you know, in the 70s, 80s, you know, if, if I was born around that time, just because like pilots just had to be so much smarter and just like more intuitive, like, um, you know, at least when it comes to like reading a map, when it comes to directions, when it comes to how to handle the radio and, and things of that nature. It was it was definitely just a lot more smoother back then. You know, pilots were were able to easily like, you know, pick up on patterns and 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 just and just realize you know navigational directions just a lot more quicker. And it's like when you when you relay or or when you rely rather on technology, technology is an amazing thing. Like it helps save you so much time but also at the same time like you're not thinking as much about certain things so 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 yeah there's that um in full transparency i don't i don't even know how older pilots did it they were tech geniuses <laughs> cool so if it was me up there i'll be the vendizo of pilots i'll be like all my problems solved with the airplane but i'm not gonna be up there so <laughs> <laughs> there we go yep so is there anything else you want to go over before we end this? Um... Yeah, so um, I I just wanted to leave an inspiring message for the people just to say like, hey, if you have like any dreams, any form of aspirations, please 100% do not hesitate to go after it. As cliche as it sounds, right? No one is going to believe in your dreams as much as you do, right? Because everyone goes through challenges and life experiences and a lot of people based on their experience whether positive or negative can really like project that onto you so if you have a dream always surround yourself with like positive loving inspiring people that will motivate you to go that extra mile that will motivate you to take that next step right um another thing is is um you know, don't let any form of like disability define you, whether it could be like a learning disability, a mental disability, a physical disability, whatever the case is, right? Um, There are a wide array of resources 
out there to tap into. And there are amazing people to tap into, you know, thanks to the internet, thanks to technology. Um, so, so you are able to go after your goals. So you are able to go after your dreams. So never, never, ever sell yourself short ever because life will throw its challenges. And if, if you don't believe in yourself right now, surround yourself with people that do believe in you. Like listen to affirmations. If, if people are bringing you down, find new friends. If individuals are not really as excited about your goals of, of wanting to become like the best version of yourself, you know, respectfully take the time to limit, you know, yourself with them and, and find new friends. It's so important to uplift yourself because life will throw curveballs. So, so that's something that I wanted to end with. You know, if if you want to like learn about like um, helping others or 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 aviation or or anything like that, you know, please don't hesitate to. Uh, reach out to me or or Ezekiel. I, I know Ezekiel would be more than happy to provide, you know, my links to my to like my LinkedIn and everything. So yeah, just just wanted to say thank you so much for having me, Ezekiel. Really thank appreciate you. it, brother. Thank you again for joining. And that should be it. That brings another episode of the Lexi Podcast so close. Again, I'd like to thank Christopher Hall for being a guest on the podcast. Hope you see you next day and hope to see you there.